Hello, and welcome to season three of the Donate podcast. Uh, we're so excited to be back and to have a fresh new name and look, if you haven't noticed that already. Uh, but our first guest of the season is truly amazing. We get to talk in person, finally, um, to Robin Lee, who is the executive director of the Nexus Impact Center here in Indianapolis. We talk about what social responsibility means for businesses and how every company and nonprofit have the opportunity to learn from each other and learn a lot. Um, Robin is passionate about the potential brewing to make genuine collective impact through businesses and nonprofits who are evolving through smarter, more innovative, impact-focused business models. Uh, Robin is a CPA and started her career as an auditor for KPMG with the focus on nonprofits and governments. She has worked for nearly three decades in government, ministries, and a small Indiana foundation, gaining multiple perspectives on how our society is trying to address social issues and struggling to make progress. And she talks a lot about this in the podcast, too. Robin helped founders launch the Nexus Impact Center in January of 2020 and is serving now as the executive director there to advance sustainable social impact for our city, state, and world. Promise you don't want to miss this one. So happy listening and don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you. All right, guys, welcome to the Donate Podcast. We're so excited to have Robin Lee here from the Nexus Impact Center. So thank you so much for Absolutely. joining us in person. Yeah, I feel like we, yeah. Having me. That's exciting. Yeah, we yeah. got to be in person a lot before. Not that I don't love Zoom, but... Yes. Uh, and we're yeah. nice and socially distant. We yeah. We're safe. Yes, yeah. we came nice. in with Everyone's masks wondering. on. Yeah. Even uh, though a lot of that is lifting soon, yes. thank goodness. But... Um, so yeah, so so excited to have you here uh, and see you in person. It's so much more energy and fun, I feel yeah, like, when absolutely. we get to just sit around a table instead of watching through a screen. So, uh-huh. so excited to have you yeah. here. Um, and we'll just jump right in with the first question of tell us about Nexus Impact Center. All right, well, Nexus is an impact center that was <laughs> launched in 2020, which you guys, I believe, were launched around the same time. Yeah. So yeah. I think anybody that launched in 2020 feels like kindred spirits, yeah. you know? You like what, we're making it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we're still around and we're actually yeah. doing quite well, so that's exciting. But anyway, um, we have co-working office space and meeting venue space, but what okay. we're really about is social impact. Mm-hmm. So we're a nonprofit social enterprise, mm-hmm. and our mission is to unite, inspire, and resource businesses to cultivate impact-driven business models. Okay. So the space is just the way that we make the money to fund yeah. the mission. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a we always kind of encourage people to have like a, a business model behind their nonprofit because yeah. it's so right. nice to have that guaranteed income. Absolutely. Coming in to yeah to fund your stuff. So and you said in the beginning too, not beginning of this, but when we you came in that a lot of people think that you are a business, not a nonprofit. Yes. So talk a little bit more about the nonprofit piece of that and maybe why people think. Yeah. You're a so I actually instead. talk about the term social enterprise because that's mm-hmm. what I often ask people. Um, when they come into Nexus, if they're familiar with that term. Mm-hmm. And a social enterprise can be a for-profit business or a non-profit yeah. business. Okay. What the the characteristic of a social enterprise is, is that they are selling goods or services 
and using the revenues from those goods or services for mm -hmm. some type of social good in the world. They're fully mm -hmm. embedding it into their model. Mm -hmm. So that can be tons of different ways. It can be how they employ people, how they source products, how the types of products they sell. Actually, you guys, I don't know if you consider yourselves a social inter enterprise, but I consider you donate a social yeah. enterprise because your product is intended to do good in the world. It yeah. fosters mm -hmm. giving of individuals and giving of corporations and donations of time and, yeah. and getting involved in the community. So the whole purpose of your product is yep. for good. Absolutely. And that is one way that yep. you can be a social enterprise, but there's lots of different ways. Yeah. So um, I think that I grew up learning that you know you you go get a job or you run a business and you make money and then you give money to charity mm -hmm. but what we've seen as the world's evolved is that um we're not making the traction we want to make with our social issues and that we really need to get our businesses involved in social issues because that's where we spend most of our time yep. yeah like if you sit down and look at your life and you think where do i spend most of my time well, besides sleeping, <laughs> not that we get a lot of it, um, we, we're at work, yeah, right? Absolutely. And so um, when we can, I think, I think it's really kind of the, I don't know if it's a golden nugget, it's not a silver bullet, but I think it's definitely where the world is moving and where it needs to move mm -hmm. for us to make true genuine impact is for our businesses to start embedding social impact. So I think when people think of social enterprise, they do think of the for-profit, but nonprofits can be social enterprises too. And what makes a nonprofit a social enterprise is that they are doing some selling of goods and services. So they're not strictly donation and grant based. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I think because we are almost, we are close to 100% revenue generated from selling space, memberships, offices, mm -hmm. then people think that we're a for-profit, but we're actually a nonprofit because of how we use those, I mean, it's it's a legal designation, but it's yeah. also how we use the money. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And we've talked about that before. Mm -hmm. I think, the, and we definitely share the same sentiment that, because as you know, a big thing for me and why I even created Donate was to help nonprofits become more uh, sustainable. Mm -hmm. And when you have a product that you can sell or multiple mm -hmm. products, it allows you to not have to go consistently throw events, ask for donations, where, as we all know, people who get into the nonprofit world, I know Courtney's dealt with this too, is we're mission-driven. We want to go do this thing. And the next thing, you know, two years in, we're realizing, wait a minute, I'm not even doing that thing. I'm just asking people for money all the time. Oh, yeah. And we're in a whole different position. They're like, wait, mm -hmm. this isn't what I – how did I get here? Yeah, yeah. And – but if you don't keep asking, you can't yeah. serve your mission. Right. And that's where I love the social enterprise aspect mm -hmm. is you can offset. And I don't think most will get to a point where you've been able to get mm -hmm. at 100%. But mm -hmm. even if they're 25 Absolutely. or 50, mm -hmm. it's a so game changer. Yeah. yeah, I think our, what I communicate to people as far as nonprofits is the value is, or the value that I see is we are often so... Um, we, have, we have to be held accountable yeah. to our donors and our grantees for showing them results every mm -hmm. 12 months. Yep. But root causes of our social issues are going to take much longer than 12 months. So when we can have a revenue stream 
some, again, not all, like you yeah. said, that isn't just from our donors and grants, then we can work more on root causes for the long haul so that mm -hmm. we're not always having, like, it would be great if some nonprofits would shut down because that isn't an issue anymore in our world. Yeah. And so we want to encourage nonprofits to look at root causes and not just do the Band-Aid things and continue mm -hmm. to do that for the rest of the existence of the world. Yeah. yeah. It's an, it's that instead of playing catch up all the time, yes. you're actually able to dream and set goals yes. that are realistic and that you're just continuing yeah. to work to that instead of in panic mode and Absolutely. out of time and all that stuff. Yeah. So that's great. When you look at COVID, what it did to events mm -hmm. and so many charities, you know, because mm -hmm. of we do, mm -hmm. uh, my mobile bidding company, there were three charities that said we need to cancel our agreement. And they followed up with the next paragraph as we're shutting our doors. Mm -hmm. And it's sad that people are living and dying by an mm -hmm. event. Mm -hmm which should never happen. Absolutely. And so, I mean, anybody in fundraising knows that events should never be right. your main thing. It's like having a, you know, a business with one big Revenue client. Stream. Yep. And the second yeah. that goes away, your business goes. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. yeah, the pandemic has definitely helped nonprofits understand or become better business people. I would agree mm -hmm. with that. Yeah. I and agree. look at things. It is a business. Nonprofit is business. That's just yes, a tax designation. I know. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And yeah. we preach that all the time. Yeah. We yeah. always, always believe that nonprofits should run more like businesses yeah. than yeah. they do. And like you had sure. mentioned, there's variations, right? I mean, I think the one that a lot of people see that kind of started the B Corp trend, yes. if you will, uh, like Tom Shoes. Absolutely. You know, starting mm -hmm. to set the path mm -hmm. of, and I think it was, what, 10%, maybe it's higher now. Yeah. But that's when people started to realize, wait a minute, that's so cool that they do that. Right. And then it's like, well, now it's like, why doesn't everybody do that? Which 100%. is great. So the, the most, a few of the more common models of social enterprise are the buy one, get one. Yep. And that people are familiar with because Tom's Shoes does that. Warby yep. Parker does it with their glasses. People yeah. who can't afford glasses, when you buy a pair, they'll give a if pair. If you're listening to this, she pointed to her glasses. Oh. She has some <laughs> And, but then also some organizations will simply partner with a nonprofit and mm -hmm. they'll designate some of their funds to a nonprofit yep. that's doing the work. Um, and then and the, it's easy for marketing. Absolutely. So what you were saying that now everybody's, it, it is becoming more of the expectation yeah. of consumers and employees that everybody wants their life to have value and be a value yeah they want to be remembered as doing something mm -hmm. doing something good in the world so they want to when we spend most of our time at work they want to work for organizations that are doing something good in the world yeah, yeah. so i think for companies to keep up um they're going to have to get more involved with the community and helping That's with social thing. issues because they're not going to be as attractive to employers and they're not mm -hmm. going to be as attractive consumers because yeah. that old model of I just get a job and I give some money to an organization is changing and it's the way I spend my money, it's where I work, it's how I use goods, it's how mm -hmm. I recycle, it's, a, it's more of a lifestyle yeah. and it's going to take everybody to get in the game if we really want to make traction on our social issues. Well, yeah. And it's funny you mentioned that too because I think nonprofits need to understand that. Yes. And what I take away from some of that is a nonprofit is used to going to 
a business saying, will you donate five grand? Instead, it's, hey business, can we partner? I'll promote your product. Mm -hmm. Will you donate X percent? And now yes. we become partners. Absolutely. Instead of, to your point, writing big checks. I mean, the pandemic, I, I tell people this all the time. It's like, I don't blame some businesses for not supporting the community right now. Right. Because they're trying to make sure that they keep their people employed, which yep. is helping the community. 100%. And so them writing you a $10,000 check and then having to lay off somebody, mm -hmm. not really yeah. a good situation. And so. what you just described is embedding it into your business plan. So yeah. if you are giving a portion of proceeds or a buy one, get one or anything like that, yeah. that's more embedding it versus mm -hmm. saying we're going to do a line item in the budget that we might pull, we might lower. It's not tied to anything except yeah. it's just a... A number yeah. and so that's what we're trying to foster is that type of thinking mm -hmm. so that it's yeah. really part of what you do mm -hmm. well I know Courtney you've I mean a lot of products you buy are based mm -hmm. off that I mean we've had this conversation oh, yeah, absolutely. I buy overpriced candles all the time <laughs> <laughs> if it is attached to a cause why not yeah it's like yeah really $17 for a candle and then you see this little sticker on the back I'm like all right okay. here you go well think about it spend $17 on the candle Right, and yeah. you're helping pay someone a decent wage. Yep. Mm -hmm. They're using good products to make the candle. Yep. Or you could spend much more and say, I'm going to give to a homeless shelter and a food cause yeah. and recycling efforts for these other companies that aren't doing things that same way. Yep. It's actually a better way to use your money. Yeah. And it feels like in the moment that you're spending mm -hmm. more, but in the long haul, we're actually probably saving money overall. Yeah. Oh, well, I absolutely. still bought it. Mm -hmm. Like I'm, yeah. I was willing to pay more. Yeah, yeah. But there's especially with that. I see that a lot with clothing because oh, there yeah. are yeah. sustainable clothing is expensive. It is. But when you're thinking about it that way, mm -hmm. the sticker price is mm -hmm. shocking, mm -hmm. especially if you're used to buying cheaper mm -hmm. things. Um, but not only are you getting better quality, you're yes. getting that, and then rolling it into that model yeah. of in the long run, it's really more Absolutely. beneficial. Anyway. And I don't want to pretend this is easy because no, I think, it's not. you know, we're, we talk about this on an individual perspective, which is what mm -hmm. we're talking right now, mm -hmm. as well as a company nonprofit society perspective. Mm -hmm. And on my individual perspective, clothing is a challenge for me. Like mm -hmm. I'm really thrifty. And yep. so I've actually learned a lot from my 22 year old who he uses an app called good on you. Yeah. And he has kind of become a minimalist and he's, and he's taught me, you know, you could buy a $20 sweatshirt and it's going to not last very long, or you could buy a hundred dollar sweatshirt and have it for 10 years. Hmm. And so even though it costs more, it, it's generally made better, made with yeah. better products and it's going to last longer oh, too. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Depending on yeah. where you get it from. Yes. The only reason why. Uh, I, Sometimes it's brand some clothes, over everything. But. Well, there's some clothes that, it, and this is complete tangent, has nothing to do with what we're talking about except for clothing quality. Yes. Is there's certain, and I'm not going to name the brand because I'm not, <laughs> to, not it's not going to be so awesome of a comment. They used to have the highest quality stuff mm. that would last forever. Mm -hmm. And then recently I had to replace some of it. Mm -hmm. And I still have some of the older clothing pieces and the newer ones I bought are already falling apart. And it just goes to show their quality. Has, and this is a big box mm -hmm. brand. Yeah. And their quality is just awful now. Yeah. And so, Something's but I'm not going to buy it anymore because yep. their price didn't go down. Yeah. 
just equality did. Yeah, you definitely so, can't just say if it's expensive, sorry, it's good. That was a <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. That, yeah, yeah. that does not mean yeah. yeah. But there are yeah. some good companies, and I think two points of it, it's it's kind of hard to find them. It is. Um, but to your point, of even from the business side, if you can figure out, because I think what I love about your product and the way you've positioned yourself is it's something that you understand and you can execute on as a business owner mm-hmm. that also brings nonprofits into your uh, mm-hmm. space, mm-hmm. brings other social enterprise companies into your space. Mm-hmm. So it's just cultivating yeah. that whole environment, which makes it even more fun. Absolutely, mm-hmm. which is why yeah. Unite and Inspire is a big part of our mission because yeah. we've all heard that you're the sum of, is it the five closest people yeah. that yeah. you have in your lives? Mm-hmm. And so since, again, we spend so much of our time at work, yeah. it matters who we work with. Oh, yeah. And even though we've been through a pandemic and people can kind of work wherever they want or work at home, um, it, it, that actually is more to your favor because you can say these are the things I value and I want to work with a community like this. Mm-hmm. And if my employer is going to let me work wherever I want, then you can pick that type of community because there's yeah. all kinds of co-working spaces with different niches and, yeah. and things. Ours is just happens to be social impact. Yeah. So, so you have. I didn't even think about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's yeah. like, yeah, I work for this company, but mm-hmm. I'm going to go hang out with the people over here at <laughs> some other company. Because they make better. you better, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, it's what we preach to our kids, right? You, yeah. They have a friend that's sketch, and you're like, mm, yeah. maybe, maybe change, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There you go. That could be some of your strategy. It's like, oh, you don't like your company culture. Well, come to our culture. You can mm-hmm. stay with your company. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right. So yeah. you have both businesses and nonprofits yes. in your space. Yes. That's great. And we think that's very strategic too yeah. because we think they can really learn from each other. Yeah. So in this particular area of the country, the the term social enterprise is not something that is well known, mm-hmm. which I think is super ironic mm-hmm. because I'm, I'm not from here. I'm from Oklahoma. I have lived here 12 years, mm-hmm. but I feel like we have all the ingredients to be like a powerhouse for yeah. social impact because we are a very philanthropic area. Yeah. Mm-hmm. People here are good people. They really care about others. Mm-hmm. There's a very strong faith base here. So people understand that their lives should, are made for good. Mm-hmm. And then I think there's also a really strong entrepreneurial spirit. So people Absolutely. are willing to take their work and their careers in their own hands. Mm-hmm. And all those things are critical ingredients to be a strong um, mm-hmm. social impact hub. Yep. Um, so I think that we have all the ingredients, we just gotta educate people. Yeah. And so for our nonprofits that are used to just doing donations and grants, um, they can learn a lot from mm-hmm. the business owners that are in the mm-hmm. space and learn a lot about how to do business models that they sell products and services. And maybe they don't, maybe it's more of a sliding scale or it's certain things or one of the nonprofits in our space that is doing an incredible job at this is Playworks. And they have mm-hmm. numerous things that they offer, one of which is a corporate recess. Mm-hmm. And why that's so fascinating is because Playworks, their mission and why they started is they go out into the school system and they work with children to engage them in play because it helps mm-hmm. them with their learning, it helps them with social development, it helps with depression, anxiety, lots of things. Mm-hmm. And so they've taken their skill set and something they're really good at, and so we're gonna apply it to adults and charge a fee for it and help fund our mission. Now, not every nonprofit, they can make that that really clear correlation, but when they're around business people, they, they can help them with that. And yeah. on the flip side, 
the business people want to embed impact mm -hmm. and they can learn from the nonprofits about yeah. what is genuine impact versus yeah. sending people through programs or just handing things out. Yeah, it's such so. a good idea. Mm -hmm. I love, yeah. yeah, I love that like fostering environment, yes. I'm sure. Do you, do you guys get pretty selective on who's there, like to make sure it would be a cohesive there's Match a mix. Or, okay. So we, um, so for our offices, our private offices and mm -hmm. our suites, we do have an application process. So mm -hmm. for a nonprofit, you have to be interested in doing sustainable revenue, yeah. charging for some products and services. Again, it's not all your revenue. It can just be a small portion. For the for-profits, you have to be working on impact of some kind or mm -hmm. starting interested in starting to embed impact into your yeah. model. For our coworkers, though, it can be anybody. It can be a student, a retired person, a, a remote worker, anybody. And the reason why is because we want, that's where we want to inspire and influence. So mm -hmm. if we have a new entrepreneur in this space that's starting their company, and again, they are around all of these other impact-driven leaders, then the hope is that they're going to be inspired. Well, yeah. maybe I can use my business for good in some mm -hmm. way too. Yeah. So yeah, really, really the, are we picky? We're, we're picky on the tenants. Mm -hmm. We're picky on the, the um, I think you kind of draw what you are, but we're picky on the coworkers in that if, this, if you're just looking for a place to um, get your name out and that's it and you don't really care about other people, you're not gonna really mm -hmm. fit in. Yeah. You know, um, so we do tend to draw people that already care about impact mm -hmm. in some way, even if their company or business isn't about impact. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah that makes sense. What I like that to the point you made is just being around people that you see a different kind of business strategy because mm -hmm. it's very easy. And you made the comment earlier. I reference it all the time, and I try to say it in the most polite way as possible. But nonprofits. Are businesses and they should be run like businesses and many times they're not and so being around other business owners different strategies they're like wait a minute I think I can mm -hmm. I think I can do that with the nonprofit mm -hmm. I never thought about it that way mm -hmm. you know I was having a conversation uh, that was kind of hard this week because it was uh, a friend of mine and to listen to him be so short-sighted mm. and so focused on the now and not care really about the long term, mm -hmm. I'm just like, man, it's sad mm -hmm. that uh, it's like, you just don't get it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And there's a mission yeah. that won't get served like it could Yeah. if it's about strategy long term. Yeah. I think I, so my background is I'm, I'm a CPA. So I started my career actually in public accounting worked for a final four accounting firm. That's what we called it back then. Um, it was right after the big eight and all the embezzlement and stuff. But um, so I audited for-profit and nonprofits, and I was really drawn to the nonprofits and government. Mm -hmm. Then I ended up working in government for a little while, and then ministry, and then nonprofits. <laughs> so I have seen from multiple angles, I have seen how governments are trying to address social issues, how nonprofits are trying to address social issues, and how ministries are trying to address social issues, because they're all trying to. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the biggest gap is the for-profit companies getting in the game and getting yeah. fully in the game. Yeah. And so I, I have a lot of hope in that area. But you are 100% right. A nonprofit 
is a business. Yeah. The nonprofit is simply the tax status. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And to run it any differently is is silly. <laughs> I'm going to try to be nice yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> well, and it's just it's going to be more stressful. Like yeah, there's going to be a lot of yeah. things that you're probably going to find harder yeah. or yeah. Well, yeah. and another thing you've probably seen too that we're really trying to advocate for is more collaboration with nonprofits because yeah. Indiana actually has more nonprofits than most states. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that generally happens or at least from what I've seen it happens because one nonprofit somebody wants them to do something and they don't want to do it or they, you know, this, that, or something else, and someone gets their feelings hurt, well, I'll just go start my own. Yeah. Yep. And then it's not necessarily, they're not necessarily working together. Oh, yeah, no. mm -hmm. And I think they should be working together. Yeah. I worked for a foundation for a rare disease and I have a friend that her son will have a very short life because he has this rare disease. Mm -hmm. And she was telling me about how there's all these foundations searching for a cure. Yeah. And I said, so I I assume they're like talking to each other about their and she's like, Oh no. No, it's about oh, the no. pride it's their ego and pride. That's what absolutely I'm with she you. said they all yep. want their name on the cure. When and I, think about all the money that is yeah. wasted and lost because of pride. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Strictly pride. And well, even when I got into the nonprofit world, mm -hmm. um, my goal was to help the MS community. Mm -hmm. Well, I went to another nonprofit that mm -hmm. supports that world mm -hmm. with 100% intention of saying, how can we work together? Mm -hmm. To the point, I asked them, what events do you do? Yeah. Okay. I won't do any of them. Yeah. I'll put on a gala. I'll do all the things you don't do. So then it bridges the gap. Right. Mm -hmm. So not interested. Yeah. And I'm like, what are you? Mm -hmm. And it Why? was that. Yeah. Well, it's because they looked at me as a competitor. I'm like, yeah. you have, we don't even have the same circles. I didn't even yeah. know who you guys really were, what you're doing. And it was, it was not awesome to yeah. see yeah. that That's happen. Good. I had the same, same experience. Yeah. And it was... Um, we weren't we were not providing the same types of services they were yeah. working on a cure we were helping people with needs yeah and at the end of the day it was about revenue they yeah. were afraid that if we sh if we shone too light if that's the yeah. proper word <laughs> um if we were too bright in what we were doing then donors would be more interested in giving to us yep. and yep. so it gets back to that almighty dollar yeah. <laughs> and revenue streams so yeah. Um, we actually have on one of our walls in our co-working space that we care more. We care more about finding solutions to our social problems than giving, than getting credit. Mm -hmm. yep. Say that I again. Like that. We care more about finding solutions to our social issues than getting credit. Yeah. Because that's again our culture. So. Yep. Yeah. And then doing full circle, going mm -hmm. back to if you yeah. have a social enterprise. Mm -hmm you're probably less concerned about the almighty dollar because you have the stability elsewhere. Mm -hmm. Donors can give where they want to give. And Absolutely. it starts more of a community than a competitive mm -hmm. sort of atmosphere. Yeah. So yeah. That's good. What are some, uh, so we talked about your co-working uh, space that helps fund you. What are some of the things that you're seeing other social enterprise or other nonprofits, I guess, taking that approach of, selling services, products, you know, that way, you know, anybody's listening or watching, 
just going to start brainstorming. Yeah. Because a lot of people are like, where do I even start? Yeah. Yeah with something like this so this is where it's tricky because there are so many different ways it's not like here's your cookie cutter way to be a social enterprise yeah and that's because we have so many different social issues and then there's just lots of different ways that you can address them so i can tell you some of the organizations that are at nexus and some that i'm that are kind of friends of nexus what they're doing um one that again is invested really in the long haul is water for good Mm -hmm. and they are helping with water poverty in the central african republic Mm -hmm. and they there are other water companies that will go build wells and walk away and then when the well breaks then people are just out of luck Mm -hmm. but what what they do differently is they go into the community and they work with the community and they teach them how to build the well. They teach them how to maintain the well. They teach them how to run a water business Mm -hmm. and they encourage them to start charging for water. And even if it's only going to cover like 1% or 2% or 3% of the cost, they're, they're teaching them this so that as they walk away, they can maintain, continue to provide water and have economic development with that company. So I, I love that. And again, that's the long haul because they're starting small and it will grow. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a, a friend of Nexus that we do a lot of stuff with called Project Leah that's here in the city. Yeah. And they employ people, or women that have been previously incarcerated. Mm-hmm. Um, and they make some items out of wood and refurbished products. So they're making decorative items and things for your home. We have another company at Nexus that helps employ um, men that were previously incarcerated. And what I love about it's renewing management. What I love about their program is they're not just saying you've been to prison, so you're going to have a crap job for the rest of your life because of what you did. Mm-hmm. They say we, we believe in renewing hope in your life. And we're going to give you a job. And if you do well at this job, you have opportunities for advancement. And they have literally advanced people through the ranks into management that were previously incarcerated. So they're genuinely giving them hope in their lives. And that's helping solve a lot of issues. So um, employment's a big one. Um, We have another organization um, that's focused on the opioid epidemic and they're musicians. And they go out and they do concerts. But they also are starting to charge for their ability to run the tech side of things for other musicians and use those funds to help serve their mission yeah. where they're going out into the community to help educate and help with depression and stuff that is often tied to opioid epidemic. Yeah. Um, so there, there are lots of different ways. Mm-hmm. You know, like I said, we sell memberships in space, um, but anything that's that's selling a product, a service, um, and the money's going to a mission, or if you're intentionally hiring a demographic that's hard to employ, so that could be somebody with disabilities, mm-hmm. it could be somebody of a certain race, somebody previously incarcerated, um, if you're being intentional with the products, like like I said, what you guys are doing, mm-hmm. what you're selling is good for the world. Yep. So that makes it a social enterprise in itself. Mm-hmm. Um, we have an environmental remediation company. Again, that would be similar to you. It's what they do is yeah. what makes them a social enterprise. So, mm-hmm. And because I think there are so many different ways it can overwhelm people sometimes. So mm-hmm. what we're, since we think that we have like all the right ingredients here in Indiana, to like be this powerhouse for social impact, 
we're thinking, okay, how do we get it into bite-sized consumable information so that people can say, okay, well, I care about that stuff. We think there's actually a lot of people out there that are doing good. Mm-hmm. You know, they just don't call themselves a social enterprise. Yeah. Um, I am really close to that. So if I just tweak things a little bit, then I'm on that spectrum because mm-hmm. we have corporate social responsibility, which is, you know, the companies that are doing like volunteer days and giving some money away. And I would say that's on one end of the spectrum and then social enterprises on the other where they're fully embedding. Yeah. And then somewhere in the middle are the B Corps and things like that. But yeah. Um, yeah. So. Well, I mean, there's just so many things you can, I mean, you think of how many businesses are in the world. Oh yeah. Like you can literally open up a pizza truck is as your revenue stream. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Apparently, I want pizza or, or sell T-shirts. But, that's what you always yeah. talk about. <laughs> yeah, I want to say that's my you know mm-hmm. just there's Golf. something fun that's uh, or selling T-shirts to me sounds fun. I don't know why, but I think just putting silly things on the T-shirt. <coughs> but um, I mean, you can literally do anything mm-hmm. and just make it part of your business model. I just you know get trained so you're not once again creating another. I mean, you wouldn't want to create a pizza truck using strategies that a traditional nonprofit might use because then you would fail. And then it just right. becomes so much harder. Right. But yeah. once you figure it out, but that's what, you know, hence your uh, space and reaching out yeah. to other business owners. I mean, if you're a nonprofit and you have partners <coughs> and sponsors, I guarantee if you reached out to one of those and said, can you guys teach us how to become more effective? Uh, I mean, even technology. The amount of nonprofits that don't use technology yeah. for efficiencies. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. They're like, we don't need that. Or it's like, why do you think every company on the planet uses technology? Not because they love tech and it's so much fun. Yeah. Is it saves so much time? Yeah, and I think that, you know, one of the things your platform does is it connects people to service opportunities. Yeah. My husband works for, I'm going to say, an unnamed, very large company in the city that does volunteer days, and he gets really irritated when they are told to go paint a room. He's like, I make a good amount of money because I have a very specific skill set. Yeah. Why put a paintbrush in my hand? Why couldn't yeah. I go help an organization with the skills that I have? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I think that type of service is, again, something that can transform our nonprofits. <coughs> yeah, no, you're right. Sure. I mean, we talk, especially during COVID, you know, we've talked about this and yeah, when you can't we're trying person. really, really hard to help people. It's both people and nonprofits to understand vir- virtual fund or virtual volunteering. To your point, I don't even know the skill set, but whether it's accounting, marketing, advertising, you name it, those are all things you don't have to be in person. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and those are all valuable things that every nonprofit needs. Yeah. And to your point putting a paintbrush, and I think some of that is the nonprofit doesn't know what to do. Yeah. And coming up with a volunteer strategy is the same. And doing more of a partnership. So I think, because I've been on the nonprofit and ministry side too, where somebody says, oh, we want to come in and serve for two hours. We have 40 people, and it's like, what am I going to get 40 people with all different skill sets to do in two hours? But when you do more of a partnership, which again is what I understand Donate is trying Mm -hmm. to do, well, let's partner. We have accountants, we have HR people, we have marketing people, um, we have IT people that all have these skill set, and we want to help engage them in service. 
And guess what? If they volunteered a few hours a month on a regular basis, they they start to know your organization and know your issues and can yeah. provide a ton of value. Yeah. And go get the teenagers to paint the room. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, really, because they can do it. Yeah, and I think some of these, and this is going to sound bad, but it's true. I think there's so many companies that will dump 40 volunteers because they're like, oh, if we get 40 volunteers, we put them in our company T-shirts, and we get this great photo op. Mm -hmm. And it's sad that that's what they're going for. But to your point, too, if it's a good partnership, you'll eventually have the photo op. Well, and you'll have you'll be able to tell more stories. But the story now isn't about a photo op. We went and did this day. It's now stories of success yes. and helping that nonprofit evolve yep. um, a, as you go along. I mean, that's why part of our platform, when a company gets in, they have the ability to grant the software mm-hmm. to one nonprofit. And we did that because if I'm a company, do I want to donate 2400 2500 or I can donate a piece of software that I know is going to help this nonprofit become more effective, mm-hmm. more efficient, mm-hmm. and serve their mission. And now I'm helping them grow. Yes. That's a whole different type of It is a whole different type. Um, there are a few things you said there. One thing that I think, I think the heart is right when organizations say, we want to do a day of service. I think the I heart is right. I agree. I think the culprit is they do that also for efficiency's sake. Okay, everybody just shut down. We're all going to go out and serve in one day for their efficiency's sake. Yep. Yeah. But on the opposite side of that, it's actually causing that problem mm-hmm. of, oh my gosh, how do I take 40 people with all different skill sets and put them to work effectively? So then I give them work that is not as valuable just to keep them busy so they can feel we'll good about themselves. We'll just call it themselves. the paintbrush. Mm-hmm. And so I think when corporations can change their mindset into yep. how can we actually partner with the nonprofits mm-hmm. and in the community that we want to serve, the impact they'll make will be so much better. And the biggest value is actually employee engagement. The employees will start to actually have a real heart mm-hmm. and heart strings for these causes and these organizations. So mm-hmm. we just finished our first year at Nexus and did awards for our companies. And we gave awards out to <clears throat> two nonprofits based on impact measurement and sustainability, but we gave four awards out to our for-profits. And one of them was impact through employee engagement. Because that's one of the ways that companies, you know, it's one thing to give money away. It's another thing if you if you employ 20 people, 40 people, 1,000 people, and you're actually getting your employees out there and yep. engaged into mm-hmm. the community. And so I think engaging them in meaningful ways is huge. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And that generally, unfortunately, doesn't happen when you send them all out at one time. Yeah. So. And that's great for the nonprofit, too, because you're yeah. creating not only getting more valuable work from them, but you're creating advocates, too. The second Absolutely. they get really interested in your cause, they're going to talk about it. Now, and from a nonprofit side, if Courtney came and, and served with us mm-hmm. and you became to know our organization and then you left whoever you worked for and went somewhere else, I still have the relationship with Courtney. Exactly. Yeah. So that's one of the benefits mm-hmm. is, is yeah. it's, it's not the donut. It's not that I have the relationship with donate. I have the re- relationship with Courtney. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, for sure. Well, I think we're getting a, um, close to time. Oh, okay. So <laughs> no, I, but I, I just want to take the next like five minutes or so. If there's any last piece of thing that you either want to talk about or inspiring thing you want to give nonprofits, um, please do, but then also just let people know where to find you and yeah. both Nexus and yourself. So we, you know, at Nexus, one of the things that as we started to launch Nexus is we recognize there are a lot of good people out in the world and in our community doing good work. Mm -hmm. So we're not trying to replicate the wheel where there mm -hmm. are good things happening, but instead point people to those resources. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, um, but then when we do see a gap, then we do want to try to help fill it if we have the skill set to yeah. do that. And one of the areas that we've been recognizing <clears throat> is if you guys have ever served on nonprofit boards, you might have seen this, but equity and inclusion related to women and people of color on boards, that a lot of organizations are doing diversity and checking the box and saying, okay, we, we're having more women or people of color on our boards. Um, but they're missing the equity and inclusion piece. So we're really trying to pursue that this year and looking at some connection events mm -hmm. um, to help in that area later on this year. Um, and then we're about to announce an art contest that will have a social impact theme on the side of our building that's coming up in April. But, um, you know, I think just as a parting comment, what I have learned in this last year, so I, I, I trekked to the base camp of Mount Everest in 2019, at the end of 2019. Wow. So basically right before the pandemic. Yeah. And um, earlier that year, I had also been to Haiti. Last mm -hmm. minute, a group of teens needed an adult to go with them. And so I went to two third world countries in a very short time span. And nothing helps you kind of reflect on who you are and what has shaped your values in your life more than going to a third world country. Mm -hmm. And I went to two in a very short time period. Mm -hmm. but. What I've learned is that um, being around people that are different than me, that come from different walks of life and ethnicities, that struggle with different issues, uh, social issues, um, if I'm willing to take off the mask and not try, like I was always taught to look for the ways that you're alike and say, mm -hmm. oh, well, we both play tennis, so <laughs> let's connect on that. But instead, yeah. to learn from each other about our life experiences mm -hmm. and what makes us different and what's shaped our viewpoints, that's where we can really start to get to the heart of a lot of social issues. And so I think um, if I can leave any bit of encouragement is for people to connect with others because they are like-minded on values and not based on their age or their mm -hmm. skin color or their hobbies or mm -hmm. things like that. Mm -hmm. And that's how, as, as a world and a society and community, we're gonna be able to link arms and start to make some progress on social issues. That's really good. I like that. And I think it's something our world needs today, too, because there's yeah. so much divisiveness. And so to bring people together, understanding that you're going to be different, I mm -hmm. I like that, and finding a common ground and yeah. helping each other. That's so good. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so where can people find you? Yes, so um, they can find us online at nexusimpactcenter.org. Mm -hmm. um, we're on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. And we're actually just on the border of 
I-465 between Carmel and Indianapolis. We technically have an Indianapolis address, yeah. but yeah. Um, I-465 in Michigan Rose, so that's physically where we're at. Awesome. If anyone wants to come out and check us out. Great. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And we'll have all of that connected to posts, this podcast episode, all that. So if people right. want to see you, they can. Okay. But again, thank you so Very much good. for for joining us yeah. and yeah. love the conversation. It was great. All right. Yeah. Thanks. Thank, thank you. you.